it's Sunday afternoon, a special matinee edition of the PNC Progressive Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Very good, my friend. Very good indeed. I, uh, it was a decent week in wrestling. Not, not the best, not the worst. Uh, we'll definitely get into it. There were some things that I absolutely loved and I, and the fact that you know me, I think you know where I'm going with this, but I am looking forward to, uh, to going over some of this stuff and, uh, get, get yourself strapped in, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a good show. And, um, uh, oh yeah, so I have, uh, we already have the question for the next week, uh, already posted, so I'm going to put that to you as well, and, um, Actually, uh, we started something yesterday that I'm going to bring up because uh, you're going to be involved in this. So when you've on the, on like whenever you we need you to fill in. Yeah. So I'm going to bring that to you at close to the end of the show. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, before we go, so um, let's get right into it. Uh, AEW Dynamite. So, yeah. This show, this show, uh, I don't know. AEW is starting to annoy me some some weeks. Seriously. Um. Well, I think I think what we're experiencing um is a down period for uh for dynamite and AEW in general. Um. I'm not ready to, uh, you know, dismiss it. There's a lot of what AEW does that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, some of it is very head-scratching. There is one person that is seriously getting on my nerves, and that that is Thunder Rosa. Well, see, because I'm right there with you. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, – I don't know what they're doing with her. Like I really enjoy Thunder Rosa, mm-hmm. um, but this run that she's having as AEW Women's Champion is one of the most underwhelming runs that I can remember in the history of AEW. I'm going to tell you one thing that really uh, annoyed me on Wednesday night about her. What's that? Did you see the t-shirt she was wearing? Uh, yeah, I did. I don't care. That's a joke. That's just terrible. That t-shirt is so bad. Why don't Why don't you tell the people what it said? Because I, you know, that that's not coming out of my mouth. The t-shirt that she wore out to the ring on Wednesday night said on the front it said sandbag. And and, and you know, can you? Because I missed this part. What was the significance of that shirt? Because I'm, I missed it. I really don't understand what the significance, but um, if you go back, um, she had, first of all, for fans that don't know what sandbagging means, Ben, do you know? Uh, I'm not 100% clear, no. Okay, so sandbag, let's say, I was facing you in the ring and you went to do a suplex and I just stood there motionless 
and you you couldn't even lift me up and no sell your moves that that's what sandbagging is no selling someone's moves okay yeah i was i was gonna go in a in a different direction so that's but... what she did in a match with Eva Lee's, and that's what that uh t-shirt is referencing like uh sandbagging like no selling well, I, I I do I do remember uh, I do remember that match with Evil East. Yeah, so sandbagging that is um, that's uh, what the, the reference of that T-shirt sandbagging is that no selling. Well, I'll so, t- I, I'll tell you what AEW in general is no selling this uh, women's title run for Thunder Rosa. It's just. It's not landing. So aside from that, I did give the match, the tag team match itself, a high point. I also gave it to Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal. And, uh, but the Powerhouse Hobbs match was a low point. Matt Hardy and Christian Cage was a low point. And everything else was just, even the dumpster match, I didn't really care for. No, I, no, I didn't either. So uh-huh. the, the, this show itself uh, was uh, one of the weaker shows. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, in general, uh, my, my high points, um, pretty, pretty much match yours. I did, um, I really enjoyed the, uh, promo where, um, where Adam, Adam Cole and, uh, and the rest of Undisputed turned on the Young Bucks. Oh, that's uh, one part of that. That's one high part I forgot. I missed it. I have that in my high point as well. That was um, that was fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, Christian Cage and Christian Cage, Matt Hardy, and the, and the dumpster match uh, were low points. I, I absolutely agree. And um. You know, I'm I'm not really uh, I'm not really understanding um, what they're trying to do with Thunderstorm. I like the I like the tag the tag team, and I like the combination with Britt Baker and and Jimmy Hater as well. I'm just what's the um, what's the end game for for the women's tag team situation going on here? So. Um, because, because obviously, obviously those two women talking about Thunderstorm really helped the, um, women's division in general. Um, but I would rather see them face off. Um, so I'm not hating on the tag team. I just don't understand it. So, um, so in terms in terms of high points and low points, um, we pretty much match up. Um, so I think that makes for a very quick uh, dynamite review. Not to just skip, skim over it, folks, but um, there was a lot that was uh, left to be left to be desired for this show. Yeah. All right. So with that, we're gonna move on to uh, AEW Battle of the Belts. Ben, what do you have? So, um, much like you, I don't really, I, I'm starting to lose my interest in the, in these kind of shows. Yep. I, uh, now, 
having said that, I want to qualify something. And I'm not, I'm not defending AEW at all, but I, I kind of understand why they do this. Um, it's, it's because of their limited pay-per-view ca- calendar, which that in and of itself I appreciate. Um, so I can kind of understand why they do uh, these ma- these matches. Now, my source of annoyance, maybe it's just me, but um, did you know that they were doing a Battle of the Bells before I texted you and said something about it? Yes, because he uh, advertised it on Wednesday night on Dynamite. Well, I, I I know they said something on on Wednesday night. I I I know that, but like, but before that, did you have any inclination that no, this no, was no? Okay, I had no idea. Yeah, because I I, I, I I almost forgot that it was on Saturday because I I they mentioned Battle of the but I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, and then on Saturday, all of a sudden, it's like Battle of the at eight p.m. Yeah. So, you know, I would I would have appreciated more of more of a heads up, but um but other than that I mean it was it was okay. See the the problem the problem here, folks, uh prime example in the first match, Jay Lethal versus Wardlow. Now I I love Jay Lethal. He's one of my he's one of my favorite guys, period. Um but the issue that he's having in um, AEW is uh, he's not really finding traction in terms of being involved in big storylines, which is which is really mystifying me because this is Jay motherfucking lethal. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Why is he just floating? Um, you know, I would say something like that with a WWE guy. So I would have to say the same thing with AEW person just out of fairness. But what they're doing with Jay Lethal and this, I like him being being partnered up with um, Sanjay Dutt. I do. Um, but Sanjay Dutt's character is very annoying to me. It is annoying, right? And, Jeez. and I really don't understand <laughs> the thing with Satnam Singh. I, no. I, ju- I just don't. Um, what he mean with Omos? <laughs> I well, well, that's what he reminds me of. It's he's like AEW's version of Omos. So, getting into getting into the matches themselves, the first match of the evening was Jay Lethal versus Wardlow. Um, now this was for the TNT title, hence hence the uh, the name Battle of the Belts. They were all title matches. Yep. Um. Here's my problem, right? So Warlow just won the TNT title. And when you put him in the ring with someone the caliber of a Jay Lethal, I would almost expect the title change. But it's very obvious that they're not doing that because... um. You know, like I said, Warlord just won the title, so why are you putting him in the ring in a random situation with Jay Lethal? I would ra- I would rather a situation like this be built up more than just one 
one dynamite ahead of this show. You know, um, so it was, I mean, it was a good match. Um, but, you know, I just couldn't really buy that Warlow was going to win the, the title. And by the way, by, let me let, let me say this too, because th- this kind of ties in with our conversation about uh, Thunder Rosa as well. Warlow is another guy who has disappeared since he won the title. Ever, because because he's hardly on any of the shows. Oh yeah. yeah. Si- since he got out of the storyline with MJF. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I I understand that they're that they're selling the storyline with MJF. And you know that's why MJF isn't appearing. Um, but I'm I'm just a, I'm a little bit lost, you know, because they had the they had the big payoff for Warlow, you know, he's free, and you know, and now we're supposed to be in Warlow's world. Well, where is he? <laughs> I, I mean, it's like it's like where's Warlow? You know. Like, I, I expect him to come out. I expect him to come out in red and white ring gear at this point. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I really I really don't understand that. Now uh the the next match we had was um Jamie Hader versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, this was just completely missable. Because not because Jamie Hader at Thunder Rosa did a bad job. Please don't misunderstand me, but the storyline was with Britt Baker on the floor. You know, they they, they kept cutting to cutting to her so much. It was almost like Kevin Dunn was in control of the AEW cameras during this match. You know, um, so so it it's just I I don't know. It was it was it was completely messable, and the god and I have to I have to do this again. I say this with WWE. I say I gotta be consistent. The goddamn roll up to end the match. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. What yeah. what what is the deal with roll ups and chin locks in wrestling matches? The fuck is going on here? Well, the roll, roll ups, yeah, I hate roll ups that uh, and, and matches that end with roll ups, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But but then let's talk about the high point. This this match with uh, Kanoshke, uh, Takeshita, and Claudio Casanoli. Now, now the complaint is that th- 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 this match had no time to be built up. This match should have been on All Out. So you would have had time to build it up and and build a story and do all that. Mm-hmm. So, so, so to me, Battle of the Belts in general felt like a glorified Rampage because Rampage is the place where they put matches together. And I'm a, there's no... There's no rhyme or reason to it unless they unless they build up a match on the on the on the on uh 
uh, dynamite two days beforehand. And I'm going to ask you a question um, when, when you're done. But, um, but having said that, this match was absolutely awesome. If you got, if you guys have time, uh, go back and and check this match out because I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. And let me and let me tell you something. I, I confess, I did not know who Kanosuke Takeshita was before he came on to AEW. Mm-hmm. I've said I've said it numerous times in the past. I am not familiar with the NJPW product, and that and that is the only hole in my wrestling knowledge, uh, pretty much. Um, but I am rapidly becoming a fan of this guy. Actually, it doesn't say anything about NJPW. It only has all Japan, so it's still in Japan. It's just AJPW. Well, I don't know anything about AJPW oh, I don't either. Know so, about that either. so we're, yeah. we're in the we're in the same boat there. But this um this very much felt like it, it should have been on a pay per view. Um, because god damn what a match. This this was this was better than by leaps and bounds than than when Claudio actually won the ROH title against uh, Jonathan Gresham at uh, at um, oh, what was that? What was that pay per view called? That's so, before Dishonor. Yes, yes. So I I under, I understand that uh, that Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan had issues before the show went on Jonathan, the air. And, Jonathan Gresham. Is becoming a hated person in the wrestling world. Well, you know, I I don't know enough about about the situation, um, to to voice an opinion. So I, you know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just wanna... reading about like that he doesn't interact with fans and all that. Well, it, well, if that's if that's the case, then why um then why are you in this business? I you know I don't understand that I. I now I can understand fans being annoying. Trust me, I I have my own complaints about the the internet wrestling community. I I get that. Um, but if you're if you're not into the fans, uh, then I'm not sure why you're in the wrestling business because that's just such a big part of it. So, but anyway, um, yeah, this this was a much better better. Uh, match in general, and and this was the way to get uh, Claudio's title reign um, going. And I, I'm I'm very interested to see where uh, Ring of Honor in particular goes in the future underneath the control of uh, Tony Khan. Actually, yeah, I, this was uh, taped on uh, Friday night, August fifth. Yeah, this was this was taped after, uh, which was. Yeah. Which, which was really weird because I knew it was taped after Rampage, and yet they they kept saying Rampage was live. Uh, when um, so it it was just like, why are you saying? Well, maybe Rampage was live, but uh, they stopped taping the tapes uh, before they started uh, this one. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I was I was a bit thrown off by that. I have a question by my page. Did you watch it on Friday night? Yes, I did. I want to know what you think about Mance Warner. Okay. So I'll preface this by saying the only other time I had seen Mance Warner was when he had a when he had a promo at GCW World. Okay. That was the only time that I had I had uh, seen um, uh, him because I'm not I'm not up on uh, Major League Wrestling at this point. Um, well, I, know, I don't think he's even with them LW anymore. No, no, but I'm just saying, like I yeah. know he was with them, yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm just not familiar with uh, LW, so I hadn't seen much of Mance Warner. Okay. Um, but. Uh, my my understanding is that he's kind of an indie darling, uh, and um, he just kind of struck me as like a country uh, version of of John Moxley almost. No, uh, go on. I'm sorry. It would so it would be unfair of me to uh, to uh, really put a negative opinion out there. I mean, it was, it was, it was a good match with, uh, John Moxley, a uh, good, a very good matchup. But the issue with these interim, um, uh, world title situation, what I completely understand why they do, why they did it. I support it. It was completely needed. CM Punk's injury was was very uh, unfortunate and ill-timed, so they needed an interim uh, world title. But um, but you know it, it was just with all these guys that they're bringing in. As cool as it is to see a guy like like Mance Warner, um, you know, get an opportunity. I can't buy the fact that that any of these special guests that they're bringing in are actually going to beat John Moxley before CM Punk gets back. So I'm hoping that CM Punk gets back sooner rather than later because I just I I can't buy that the interim world title is anything more than what it's intended to be which is a placeholder until CM Punk gets back. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I really like it from, from the perspective of, of um, John Moxley getting, a, getting a run with the title because the first time he won the AEW world title was during the pandemic, so he wasn't able to perform in front of fans. So from that perspective... I really appreciate it. And um, but getting back to your original question, what do you think of Mance Warner? Um, you know, I I like I like the the guy. I thought that I thought that he had a really good match. And um, the promo that was cut before the match, you know, the video package that they showed. I'm like, wow, this guy is like really country. Um, you know, but. But then again, I um I kind of like it when um 
when wrestling is portrayed as a fight and not a performance. So that's something that I really appreciated from from Manth Warner because he was coming for an absolute fight. I mean, let me tell you, Manth Warner doesn't belong on Rampage or Dark or Elevation. He should be on Dynamite because this guy was the highlight of MLW for me every week. He's got that Stone Cold Steve Austin type character going with the knee pad, goes up, knee pad goes down. And just like his whole character just made it fun for me to watch him out the view. Yeah, I uh, I really like I really liked it. I've um you know I was watching another another review um you know after the after the show where um the person said that they didn't really understand the appeal of Mance Warner and that they didn't really see anything with him. Um now that's perfectly um that's perfectly understandable because they also said that they hadn't been exposed to him in the past so they were they were pretty much in the same boat as me because I'm very unfamiliar with Mass Warner but based off what I saw I I enjoyed myself and especially especially if you're going to put him in in the put somebody in the ring with John Moxley you need somebody who's Who's gonna be coming for a fight? And they're, and they're both CCW guys. Absolutely, and um, um, and that uh, that doesn't surprise me. I didn't know that about Mance Warner, but it it doesn't surprise me after seeing him in the ring with Moxley. So so from that respect, it, it makes even more sense, um, given their uh, combat zone wrestling history. No, so no, no, no. I. I thoroughly enjoyed um, that match. Actually, it was one of the high points of the, of the sh- the show for me on Rampage. And I typically don't watch Rampage, um, but but for some for one reason or another, I decided to uh, to watch it because I was you know I was covering a lot of a lot of stuff in preparation for this show t- t- uh, tonight and or what turned out to be this afternoon um and um you know sometimes it's just nice to relax and not have to not have to do anything yep. uh and 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 take and actually uh, just enjoy a wrestling show and i i found um i found rampage to be perfectly enjoyable all right and uh sorry that's all you got yeah yes Okay, so going back uh, backwards a little bit, NXT, the only um, real uh, big highlight, high point from there was Caden Carter and Katana Chan, Casey Catanzaro winning the tag team championships. Thank you so much. We're, what the fuck are with all these name changes? For pretty much everything else was just, uh, like, I, we gave it a C yesterday. Well, you know, I... I didn't see it, but based off what I have seen from uh, from NXT, I think you're being kind. <laughs> well, we give you a chance one short a time. Yeah. Um, I think we should uh, go into commercial before we get into the next uh, shows. Well, perfect timing considering what we just finished. So we'll be right back, folks. 
All right, so we are going to get into WWE SmackDown. Ben, when was the last time you enjoyed an episode of SmackDown? Or um, that you can say that you enjoyed an episode of SmackDown? It was a very long time. And, um, and you know, obviously there were some some things that I did not like, which we'll get into, but there was a massive, massive highlight in this in this show and Elio I know that this is your your segment of the show so I know you know where I'm going with this so can we please before anything talk about the highest of high points of what happened with SmackDown please okay apparently we're having some uh some interruption on um on Elio's side of things, so um, okay, we uh, the one uh, point if we're trying to carry across in Scarlet Porto, yeah, yes, that was and... not my high point, that was the highest one. Uh, if I have to give a low point, I'm not really gonna give anything a low point, but if I, I am gonna give it to the Viking Raiders because I'm just tired of this new vicious Viking Raiders. It, and they're running away from the new day. They're running away from Kofi Kingston. <laughs> what? Yes, and, and what is it? What poor Kofi Kingston to, oh. have, to have to deal with this bullshit? Oh my god! Like why? Like you're supposed to? Be, you're supposed to be see. See, my co-host is allergic to uh, this whole storyline, but. Uh, you're supposed to be vicious Viking Raiders, and you're running away from Kofi Kingston with uh, what was that he attacked him with? Oh, oh, I'm not sure. Uh, but whatever, like you're, you're you're supposed to be vicious Viking Raiders, you're running away. See, even our fans are angry at this. Indeed. So, um, so yeah, I. You know, I've been known to go on rants on this show, ladies and gentlemen, but this this may very well be the first time ever in in history where I can go on a happy rant uh, concerning something that happened on SmackDown. Um, it's okay, you don't have to be angry. You can stop banging. <laughs> <laughs> Because, because let me let me let me tell you, I absolutely love the fact that Karrion Cross is back with Scarlet. Yep. I I love it. I am I'm so excited f- uh, for this. He bent no gladiator outfit. <laughs> no gladiator outfit. No demolition mask. No fucking Steve Urkel suspenders. I you know. <laughs> We, we got we we got the vultures back. We got Scarlet back. Yep. We got the music, the whole presentation. As soon as soon as I heard the first notes of that of that theme, I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" Because because if you remember, right? So the segment started out in a very bad way. Because. Not not with Karrion Cross. I'm talking about before he came out, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it was it was Roman Reigns in, in the ring, uh, getting ready to get ready to talk about his his upcoming face off with oh, um. Hold on. Can we, 
we talk about how lame Drew McIntyre's promo uh, uh, was? Yes, well, that's what that's what I'm getting. <laughs> Go to. ahead. So, so you, so you know exactly where I'm going with yeah, this. Sure. We're on the same page. Yep. Okay. So, so we got we got the bloodline in the ring, and and they're talking about this upcoming match with uh, Drew McIntyre at Clash with with Roman Reigns. Yeah. So, fast forward. Here comes Drew McIntyre. Okay. And instead of calling him the tribal chief, he calls him the tribal queen. <sighs> which, which, ladies and gentlemen, please shut the fuck up. Talking about <laughs> Drew, Drew McIntyre, okay? I, I, I know, I know, we're all excited about Triple H taking creative control. I get that, and I am too. I, which, which. We're gonna get into a happy rant regarding Karrion Cross and Scarlet. I understand that, but this toilet humor reminds me of Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't need it. Tribal Queef, shut the fuck up. So anyway, Karrion Cross hears my pleas, and he he blasts. Uh, Drew McIntyre in the back of the head with um with the elbow. Now I like Drew McIntyre, but after the tribal sweep comment, he deserved it. Yep. He he absolutely deserved to get his head rammed into the steps, as did the person who allowed that to go. I mean, come on, how lame was it? Like, if you want me to destroy him, make some noise. Not no. Uh yeah, seriously, no. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> But let's let, let's talk about this. Carrying cross. Heavy rant, heavy rant incoming, Elio. Okay. We've we've previously the rest of this show. Let me have my let me have the floor for one second. Because oh my god. N- number one, Scarlet is back on my screen. You're looking at drinking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but the fact that Scarlet is back on my screen makes me very happy. Um, she, and um, the fact that she's back in her rightful place with the presentation of 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 carrying cross because let let's go back right so um I believe it was it was um late 2021 where he got released right so he got released off the off of coming up up to the main roster and just getting absolutely destroyed by Vince and Bruce because I can only imagine because they wanted to punish Triple H. Um, he had, as we talked about, he had the the super shredder situation going on with the, with them with the stupid ass mask, the stupid ass suspenders, the stupid ass um, gladiator gear. He lost to Jeff Hardy in ninety seconds. In his debut match. Oh yes, you thought I forgot about that, you bitch ass Bruce. Uh, no, I did not forget. 
You need a t-shirt. See? Fans are climbing for a t-shirt with bitch-ass bruises <laughs> on it. Yes. Our, our merchandise will sell itself. <laughs> I, um... You know, I just... I don't understand it. So you... You know, there we have talked ad nauseum in the past about the about the ta- about the talent that came off from NXT to get destroyed on the main roster. There's name after name after name that would add an hour to the show, and I don't want to do that because it, it's flowing nicely. But the the I two have a list of all the names. I'll send, I'll send it to you off air. Yeah. The. But there were there were three names uh, in particular. One of one of which we'll talk about in one second because it it ties in perfectly to the rest of the SmackDown review. Um, but number number one on that list for me was was Ricochet. Uh, two was Keith Lee, and three was Karrion Cross. Now. Keith Lee is over on AEW, swerving in his glory. Uh, you know, he has uh, he has uh, t- tag team gold. You know, I I could I could I could say all kinds of things about that, but I I like swerving our glory at, at this particular point in time. So, but, but let's, yeah, but I I love. I love Shane Strickland and Keith Lee, so I'm not gonna complain. Um, although I could, let's just make that clear, I could. Um, because because Karrion Cross was tailor made to be, um, uh, to be a, a a main roster star. You didn't have to do anything with him. You, you know, other than what Triple H gave you on a silver platter, you know, b- before before he got released uh, the first time, right? And and so, out of, out of all fairness, let's just say, carrying carrying cross should hypothetically already have been positioned to be in the world title picture months ago. He should not. We should not even be talking about about this in the context of a, a return. Now, now having said that, okay, they did what they did with uh, carrying Cross, and it was disgusting. Before he he got released, they took Scarlet away from him. They they dressed him up in a Halloween outfit that was giving everybody nightmares. To, you know, to the level of Bobby Lashley's ass flex and beyond, I we we understand that. Um, but this this is what Karrion Cross should have always been on the main roster, and he looks amazing. Scarlett looks amazing. I I cannot wait um, to see what they do um, with Karrion Cross. Under the control of Triple H, because because Triple H had control of Kenny Cross and NXT and booked him perfect. You know he booked Ricochet perfect. He booked Shayna Baszler perfect. 
And this could, and I bring up Ricochet and Shayna Baszler because it ties in perfectly with with SmackDown. Um, so let's just let's just finish up with Karrion Cross real quick. Forget everything that took place with, with Karrion Cross before once he got called up to the main roster the first time. This is the most glorious reset I have ever seen in my entire life. From WWE in general to carrying across, this reeks of opportunity, and I, I cannot describe to you, Elio. I I have my hands folded in prayer at at this particular time. I am so thrilled about this reset that WWE is undergoing. Yes. He has donned the white collar. Father Elio is ready to receive my confession. I'm so thrilled about this opportunity for change in WWE. And, you know, people getting opportunities that they should have been getting but were denied. Okay, so now let's talk about, let's talk about SmackDown in, in in general, not now that we uh, now that we have uh, gotten our our initial carrying cross happy dance out of the way. Um, so there were plenty of of things to discuss from a low point wise, and we'll get to that. But Ricochet versus Happy Corbin was an absolute high point for me. Because the fact that Ricochet was was showcased like this to kick off a show, um, to to me, that already speaks of so much change, um, in um, in the company under Triple H, because we all know Ricochet was a Triple H guy. We all know how Ricochet has been wasted. For I I believe he's been on the main roster for. Four years at this point. Wow. Um. And 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 now, um. And now this is the first time where he's going to be featured prominently on the main roster situation. Um. So I'm I'm very pleased. And um, Ricochet and Happy Corbin was was definitely a high point for me. What was last time um, you gave Happy Corbin a match a high point? Well, uh, well, I I haven't, but but to be honest, well, that's what I'm saying. When was the last time you did that? Right? Well, there's a first time for everything, Elio. Yep. And, and to be, what I'm saying it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then um, Shinsuke versus Ludwig Kaiser. That was another high point. I enjoyed that. Um. I I real I'm really curious to see what they do with uh Walter at this point in time because um because now that uh, now that Triple H is in in control I don't think we have to worry about about Walter being given the Vladimir Kosloff treatment. I I was concerned uh about that. But um the See the low point for me, um, of of this show was the women's gauntlet match, hmm. because you were having 
We one and two minute matches for the longest time. Um, the the first match was uh, Aaliyah versus Sonia Deville. Aaliyah was very quickly disposed of. Thanks for coming. Go back to uh, Canada, Aaliyah. Uh, no, I come, yes, come back here. I'll take care of you. I don't yeah. have a pro- I, I don't have a problem with Aaliyah. I, um, it's it's just it was, it, it's very clear what her what her position is. Yeah. Um, and for her, I kind of feel bad for it because it feels like she's been in WWE for forever and just just not. It's it's not there for her in terms of opportunity. So I don't know. Um, but then, then we have, uh, Raquel, uh, Rodriguez, who very quickly disposes of Sonia. Um, she runs through, uh, Shotzi, Natalia, uh, and then we get to Shayna Baszler, which in and of itself, even though the gauntlet match is a little low point, Shayna Baszler winning a gauntlet match. On the first SmackDown that Triple H is in charge of, if that doesn't tell you that change is on the horizon, I don't know what the hell we're doing. Okay, I don't... okay but um, that that brings me because I got the same high points of wins, but I have another one. Um, the Liv Morgan promo. Uh, that is so bad. Was she? Was it just me? Or was she uh, acting? Was it some somewhat like a heel? Well, no, I don't think she was acting like a heel. Let, uh, let me. Uh, okay. Um. This, this this was my take, and then you tell me what you think. But I I have a I have a thought about this. Um, I think she was legitimately thrown off by the fact that people were booing her. I think she was legitimately upset. Caleb Braxton was. And she got lost. Um yeah, well and, and to a certain to a certain extent, I don't I don't bl- I don't blame either either Caleb Braxton or Liv Morgan because I don't think that this is Liv Morgan's fault. And let let me let me kind of explain what I mean by that. Um, so obviously we know that, that Liv Morgan has been pushed as a baby face. Um, and she finally wins the, um, the title at Money in the Bank and everybody is so happy for her, including, including me. I, I was, you know, I, I always, I always enjoyed Liv Morgan and, and, you know, I was happy that, we got some new blood in the women's division. Um, now, now here's the here's here's the issue though. So her her whole gimmick is that is this lovable underdog who won't stop fighting. She went and she wins the belt, and you know, and all we keep hearing from Liv Morgan is she won't give up. She won't give up. She won't give up. She. She's she's like she's being booked as like the female John Cena for this for this world title run, right? 
what happened during her first title defense. She tapped out. Yep. So. And that was Ronda Rousey. That was her first title defense. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, so, and even though she kept it on a technicality, um, you know, because, because the ref counted the three and missed the tap out, um, you know, the bottom line is she tapped out before the three count, so everybody knows it. That's why that's why we were getting the chance of you tapped out, you tapped out. Um, which which shows a complete disservice to um Liv Morgan. And that's why I, that that's why I think her title reign is over, because they they, they completely botched it by having her tap out. After all the, you know, inspirational motivation. Uh-oh. And we have a out on her first title defense. So, so they set her up to fail, you know, and it's, it's not her fault. I understand her getting rattled. You know, she... I think Liv Morgan is a very emotional person on top of it. I don't think I've seen an interview with her inside or outside of the ring where she's not crying. Um, You know, obviously this does mean a lot to her being the champion, and I give her tons of credit for that. She's obviously, uh, you know, she's obviously thrilled, but... I feel bad for her in the respect that this that this is going to end very quickly, um, and um, and it's this is not going to this is not ending well for Liv Morgan, and I say ending because I truly believe that her um, that her time in the sun is over, and it's it's really unfair if if you're Liv Morgan because. Um, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. It's just, um, you know, like I said, she was set up to fail. Um, but another another low point that I had um, in in SmackDown um, was right along with yours, the the Viking Raiders and um, Kofi Kingston because so so. We have a tag team match to, to begin with. The Viking Raiders squash some jobbers. Mulkey and Gibson. Sorry, you right. know that. <laughs> right. And then and then it it morphs into a singles match between Eric and Kofi. And then Kofi wins. So, so what was the point of having a squash match and making the Viking Raiders look strong if you're only going to have Kofi Kingston win. Here's another problem. So bad. <laughs> Here's another problem, not even with the match itself, even though that was bad. Um, you know, so we we let's talk about what's going on with the New Day right now. So we have we have both Big E and um Xavier Woods out with out with injury. Well, whether whether Xavier Woods is a storyline injury or a legit one, I don't know. But based off 
based off the attack by the Viking Raiders last week, um, I, w- I, I can only read that as Xavier, Xavier Woods being written off TV. Um, but with, with all that being said, why is Kofi Kingston coming out here smiling and all happy when, when both of his boys are at home, you know, uh, you know, nursing injuries, um, and in in Big E's case, a very significant injury. Um, you know, why is he coming out here smiling, dancing, having a good time? You know, he he should he should be out there whipping somebody's ass. And that's what that's why I have an issue with the booking of Kofi Kingston. Um, now, mo- moving on. Um, you know, we we get to the we get to the carrying cross part of the show, and I've I've already discussed how happy I am and how thrilled that makes me because you have a tailor made main event player right there, and that's what and that's what WWE needs right now. They need they need uh, an infusion of freshness um, in their in their product, and I. I especially like the fact that Carrying Cross was was debuted on SmackDown because SmackDown needs it needs him much more than Raw does. So I th- I thought that was a very nice touch on a multitude of fronts, and that takes me to the end of our SmackDown review. Elio, I know this is your seg- segment technically, but I was kind of covering for you because you have uh, you have some disturbance on your side of things. I have some rambunctious fans in the background who can't so, contain themselves over this new Triple H uh, regime. Exa- exactly. But, um, also, um, going back to injuries, did you see, uh, did you hear about the one injury from last night? Uh, no, I did Okay, so last night at a live event show in South Carolina, Carmella suffered an injury. She hit her head on the steps, uh, after uh, after a bad move spot, where Bianca Belair was flipping over her, that, like oh, okay. by, by flipping, uh, Carmella hit her head. Oh, yeah. So she's uh with an injury. Corey Graves, of course. Corey Graves. Uh, wait. I this guy, I can't stand Corey Graves. Like he's like, it's nice to know that my uh, fucking wife uh, was injured. Like, because uh, apparently uh, he found out afterwards, so like, he was all mad, and he mad tweeted. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 can, I can understand him being upset. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just reading the, the report. Yeah. Now. So, yeah. So, I uh, get well soon to Carmella. Absolutely. Right. You know, we no no but nobody wants to see anybody getting no. getting hurt. Nope. So. All right, so that brings us to the end of this week in wrestling. Now we need to Survivor Series '93, Ben. Yes. Oh, hold on. Let me just pull up the results here. For me, because of course you know I have all the records in my database. Absolutely. 
All right. So let's see what we got here. Oh, that's the wrong one. Here we go. All right. Survivor Series 1993 on November 24th. 93 from the Boston Gardens in Boston, Massachusetts. So, um, yeah, oh, and, and, and of course, um, we're getting messages already that we're gonna have to go into a commercial. So I'm thinking we should uh, go take a break, a pause for the cause, and we'll be back because we don't want to cut off in the middle. Okay, very good. All right, Survivor Series 1993, November 24th, 93, from the Boston Gardens in Boston, Massachusetts. Ben, what do you think of this pay-per-view? By and large, I did not like it. Now, was it just me? Was it a very weird pay-per-view? I, I found it very strange. Now, yeah. um, now the, the best match of the night, in my opinion, was the first one. Which was which was the first Survivor Series elimination match. Yep, the bad guys yeah. versus the million dollar team. Actually, before that, they had one match from the pre-show, Billy Gunn and Brooklyn Bar, but whatever. Go on. So this one was um, was IRS Diesel, the model Rick Martel, and Adam Bomb. Mm-hmm. Um. Of, of course, accompanied by Harvey Whippleman. I, you know what? I through through this uh, nineteen ninety three, uh, you know, um, time warp that we've been on for a while now. Harvey Whippleman's growing on me. I don't know why. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, versus Razor Ramon, Randy Savage. Uh, Marty Jannetty and One Two Three Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if if you ask me, Razor Ramon's team looks so much stronger to begin with. Yep. Um, but I really enjoyed the the pacing and the storytelling in in this match, and even um the commentary uh really helped us out. Now I was. I was sad about this when I, when I read this because I, in addition to watching the shows, I I also do a lot of research on the background surrounding the show, um, so that I know what I'm talking about when I come on here and um, you know and and try to review them. I don't just I don't just pull up a review of the show and off we go. I actually. I spend hours watching and, and researching these different things um, before I come on here and talk about them. Um, but um, but in the process of my uh, research behind the scenes, I discovered that this was um, this was actually Bobby Heenan's last uh, Survivor Series because he went to uh, WCW like I think. Uh, two months after this. Um, yeah, you uh, you missed. Um, hold on, let me check something real quick here. Let me go to November. On the fly research, courtesy of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, I believe God it, damn. Was, uh, it was. It uh, was November sixteenth or the 
one of the Raws in November where that was uh, Bobby Heenan's uh, final Raw. As uh, he start, in storyline, uh, he was thrown out of the building by Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, and I, I remember him getting thrown out of the building by Gorilla. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't remember the, the day. Um, yeah, no, but, it was around November. I believe it was the 6th of November or the 8th. No, it was the 8th. Okay. But yeah, the um, the storytelling in, in this match was 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 very well done. Um, I was I was surprised when uh, when Randy Savage got eliminated. I would have expected him to be one of the surviving members of of the team. Mm-hmm. Actually, the only the only two survivors um, of of the match were. Um, were Marty Janetti and One Two Three Kid. So former tag team champions. Um, oh, that was so weird that they were that they were actually tag team champions. Yeah, but but um, but yeah, this was this was far and away um the best uh the best match. The only the, the only part of it that I didn't like and 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 this is just this is just me. Um, what was the was that um, Razor Ramon got eliminated by Countout? I didn't. I didn't really like that. Um, especially considering he's the captain of the team. And then uh, the the other thing is like I and once again maybe maybe this is just me because I I admit that I was very young and very new in my wrestling fandom at this point plus i didn't uh purchase pay-per-views until much 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 further down the line but maybe maybe uh elio can explain this one to me uh why was adam bomb uh part of the survivor series team uh, okay um read read out read out um the read out uh, again the racer the bad guys team so um yeah let me just uh sc- scroll up here so um let's 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 see here hold on yeah so the the bad guys team was um was erwin arshyster diesel rick martell and adam bomb the bad guys oh oh no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm so, my my bad. Well, yeah, because 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 one two three kid and Marty Janetti wouldn't be bad guys, would they? Because they no, were they were. That's the name of the Razor Ramon's team, the bad guys. All these oh. teams had a name. The bad guys, the million dollar team. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. No, I I th- I think you meant um. Bad guys in terms of the no, in, in no, terms of being no. heels. Okay, no. my bad. Um. And, uh, so um, yeah, so the, the bad guys. The way the, I associate, sorry, the way I associate it is like uh, whoever is uh, like whoever like uh, one specific person on the bad guys on the Mirador team is feeding with one specific person on the bad guys team. Like Diesel was feeding with Razor Ramon. So I'm not sure, like uh, who. I guess I guess I would uh, guess 
It was Adam Bomb and uh, Marty Janetti, or one of the three kids. Okay. So it wouldn't have been Randy. It wouldn't have been Randy Savage. Randy Savage was already in their feud with Crush. Yeah, and and, uh, and and Crush got involved in, in in this match too. He he distracted um, Randy Savage, and that's that, that that's what um, that's what led to um, Randy Savage getting eliminated by IRS because he Randy. And this was another thing that made me go grr because <laughs> what <you know>, <laughs> because Randy Savage was eliminated via a roll up oh, by IRS after after uh, Savage was distracted by Crush who uh, came down the aisle on the outside. Um. But yeah, so this match was very good. Um, but um, it it really picked up toward the end there. It it, it built slow, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. But I liked the I liked the storytelling aspect of it. Um, and uh, the rest the rest of the card was. Uh, extremely underwhelming to me. I I would have to say, I I I would have to say I was I was mostly confused by uh, the next uh, elimination match. This one was Shawn Michaels and his and his knights versus the the hearts. Let me let me let me just say. This match made no sense because Shawn Michaels was feuding with Razor Ramon. It was Jimmy Lawler that was feuding with Bret Hart, so it makes no sense to have Shawn Michaels versus the Hart family. Well, well, I I looked that up. Apparently, oh, um, okay. apparently, uh, Jerry Lawler was removed from the show because he was accused of um, of imp- of extreme improprieties, let's put it that way. I don't want to say a certain word and, and oh, get okay. uh, and and get banned here. Uh, extreme improprieties with a with a young lady. Um, oh, okay, all right, that makes now I understand. Okay, but um, so, um, but no, the but no, but come come to find come to fi- come to find out, it was it apparently it was completely made up. Um, and, uh, and the young lady recanted the, the, the rumor being that, uh, that Jerry Waller owed some, some people some money and they put, they put the young lady up, up well, to, uh, accusing. Why did they do that? Why did people do that? So, so, so on, on, on this particular occasion, I felt bad for uh, Jerry Lawler on that one. Now, Ben, do you know who the Knights were? Uh, I, I, I do. Um, the Black Knight was Jeff Keyord. Uh, Memphis, uh, no, Mid-South Wrestling uh, name that we always have on the show. He's always on uh, one of our audio time warps. Absolutely. Uh, Greg Valentine was the Blue Knight. <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah, and Barry Horowitz was the Red Knight. Although, although it, it's important to note that um, 
in the actual match, we were never actually told who they were. You see, none of these guys have anything to do with the Hart Feathers at all. Not Greg Valentine, not Jeff Gaylord, not Barry Horowitz. So, <laughs> so the most interesting part of this match was was actually after the match ended. Yep. Because um, Brett and Owen were getting into it. Owen was was shoving Brett. Brett would not. Um, Brett would not put his hands on his younger brother. Mm-hmm. It was it was very much the Undertaker and Kane psychology. Um, but uh, yeah, so Owen was uh, complaining to his dad. That uh, you know, Brett gets all the recognition, and Owen never gets his moment, and um, and yeah, so that was the most that was the most interesting part because this was the start of the build to one of my favorite matches of all time, uh, WrestleMania ten, uh, Owen versus Brett, which was just absolutely perfect. However, you may get a little bit confused along the way. Stay tuned for the next pay-per-view that we review. Absolutely. And but by, by the way, by the way, um not not to appear out of the loop, but but um which one is that? That would be Royal Rumble nineteen ninety four. Okay. Okay, very good. I love that Royal Rumble, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen it. So it'll, it'll be fun. It was one of the few babies I was held on on a Saturday night. Yeah, yes, perhaps that's where Nick Khan got the idea from. The, 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 the premium live events. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, go out. What did this? I know we have for this match. Uh, yeah. Okay, we we'll for the next one. Uh, the next one was was was. He's, well, I never thought I'd see this match in WWF. It struck me as unnecessary, because why would why would we have a a Smoky Mountain Wrestling Championship match in WWF at the time? Because at this time, WWF had a working relationship with Smoky Mountain. Okay. Yeah, that's why they had. That's why they brought Jim Cornette in because he was running Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And yeah, well, he brought the Heavenly Bodies in, which brought in the Rock and Roll Express, and that leads to why uh, this match took place. And not not in not in not in this match in particular, um, but the Rock and Roll Express um, overall. Is is just an excellent tag team, excellent, excellent, excellent. I've actually, um, and I actually had the opportunity to to meet them, um, as uh, part of the uh, company that I'm associated with, and th- and they were like very, very, very nice. So I appreciated that. And then, uh, and then not not too long ago, they were on um, they were on. Dynamite with FTR about it, like a year, year and a half ago, maybe. 
Yeah, so, and, uh, they were all over the magazines uh, when I was growing up. All, I used to collect the black and white magazines going back to 80. And they were all over those magazines. Stories, fun stories about with them. Uh, yeah, and um, I'm sorry, folks. Elio is, uh, he, he's trying to tell you, he's trying to uh, involve I himself mean, yeah. in this I, review. You, you know, in addition to the fans making noise in the background, we also have construction workers are working on the set from Monday Night Raw. You know, they're like helping out, doing their part to make oh, sure oh, so, oh, so, so Raw is running a running a show in Canada that happens to be passing through your house. Yes, sir. Actually, How nice. Raw, Monday Night Raw on Monday, August 22nd in Toronto. Actually, you know what? That, that ties in very nicely. I see what you did there. No, um, for, for no, for real, they're going to be here on August twenty second. No, no, I, I actually, I actually knew that. That's why, that's why I said, you know, you tied it in very nicely. Um, right. Then, See, uh, I have my own ring crew right here. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> ring crew. Shush, shush, please. Thank you. <laughs> um. God, I love Chad Gable. Um, but uh, next up was possibly the worst Survivor Series elimination match I've ever seen. Oh, when I saw this, it made me so sad that they did the, this to my friends, Men on a Mission. Bam Bam Bigelow, Bastion Booger, and the Head Shrinkers. Oh, bad. Versus the Four Doinks. The Bushwhackers and Men on a Mission. Holy crap, this was bad. That's why, like, I, I, I was watching this and, like, what did they do to my friends, Men on a Mission? You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm actually going to do you a favor. I'm not even going to review this match because it was just, it was just bad. And I'm, so, I'm sorry, Oscar and Mo and Mabel, although you're not with us anymore, rest in peace. Yeah, well, and, and I, I I enjoyed Man on a Mission. Don't don't get me wrong, but but it was just it was it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, they're, that. They're, they're two nice guys. Yeah. Um. And, uh, okay. Very good. And then uh, ne next up was um, the uh, <laughs> I found I found the I found these names to be hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, the foreign fanatics, even though even though only two people on that team were actually foreign, <laughs> uh, that that being um, that being Ludwig Borga and Quebecer Jacques. Um, so it was the foreign fanatics. Um, versus the All-Americans. Am, am I missing something? Why, why wouldn't they have Pierre on the team? I, I don't Crush, know. This don't, was I... a weird team. Crush, Jacques, uh, Ludwig Borga, and Yokozuna. Yes, and then the All-Americans were Lex Luger, 
The Undertaker and the Steiners. Well, I, and I, I, that's another weird team. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something, folks. I laughed my ass off when The Undertaker came out for this match. Oh, no. Because everybody was everybody was looking at him like, like why would the Undertaker be out here? First, first of all, the Undertaker shared the shit out of everybody. This was this was early era Undertaker, and then he he takes he takes the jacket off and he's got an American flag on his gear to, to explain why he's in the match. I was laughing myself into a fit. So, it's important to note that Luger's team were the... Were well, go the, on. I'm just going to pull up the ratings for this so I can give you the star rating on Wrestling Data. Um, yeah. So, Luger's team were the good guys, and Yoko's team were the heels, obviously, the foreigners. Even though, once again, there were only two foreigners on the team. That was kind of funny. <laughs> so, the first elimination kind of pissed me off. Rick Steiner was was eliminated by Ludwig Borga. You know, and, and side note, if they really are basing Ludwig Kaiser off of Ludwig Borga, I'm not really seeing the the I'm not really seeing the the similarities there. Nope. Um but um maybe that's just me. Uh, Crush was eliminated by Countout. Um, one, once again, uh, uh, Randy Savage, you know, returned the favor from uh, from Crush's interference um, earlier in the evening. So, so this set up their match at WrestleMania 10, where uh, where uh, Savage hung. Crush in the back. So, um, you, you know, I would I would go through this and all the eliminations and stuff, folks. And you know, n- not that not that I'm trying to be anticlimactic, but this 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 may very well be the worst Survivor Series overall that I have ever seen. It was. It was just really really weird. Um, you know, and, and, you know, prior to us doing all these, um, retro reviews in, 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 in 93, this is, this is really the first time that we've based our reviews around a year, but we, we figured, you know, chronologically it would take well, the most. Well, I, I, I told you, I started watching Monday Night Raw from like episode one, like at the end of June, and I thought it'd be cool to like do the pay-per-views and the Raws after. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And, and it, you know, it's a good idea, but uh, 93, um, not, not including the King of the Ring tournament, which was awesome. 93 was a bad year for paper use. Yeah. Go on. Because because this show had a runtime. I'm looking at it right now of 2 hours and 47 minutes and it felt so long. It was just Oh my god. It it it, it felt like it was 5 hours long. It it really did. Uh um, you know, so I can I can appreciate the pay per view, 
Um, historically, because of some of the matches that it set up, uh, um, you know, some of them being my favorite matches of all time. But, uh, but yeah, this this was not this was not a good show. So, do you have a final star rating out of five? Uh, one and a half. Oh. I don't know what people were thinking, but they gave this a three. Thirty-nine percent oh. gave it a three. Oh, what? Um, what well, are you well, watching? Well, I, well, that number one, I want to, um, you know, I want to know what drugs you're on because that must be some good, good shit. <laughs> right. Jeez. That I mean, that must be some high quality shit. Now I know. Now you didn't watch the raw after, did you? Uh, no. Okay, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I, I I'll, forgot. I'll run that one quick because basically it was just like uh, end end of the year. We had like Steiner Brothers uh, in uh, defeating Mike Corey, you know, Reagan's Razor Ramon beat Diesel by disqualification with interference from Shawn Michaels. Bam Bam Bigelow and defeated John Crystal. Owen Hart beat Chris Duffy and Ludwig Borga beat Scott Taylor in the main event. Oh, and poor, had, poor Scotty too, Hattie. And they had uh, the Superstar of the Year award, which went to Brett the Hitman Hart. Well, that's not surprising. I, I loved his performance at King of the Rain. All right, so, so uh, that brings our... Uh, Survivor Series review to an end, right? Absolutely. All right, Ben. Um, I have I picked up the new PWI magazine last night. Oh, is now before before we kick this off, I have to ask the obligatory question: Am I going to be going on a rant? I don't know. Uh, this is uh the readers' poll, so. I'm going to present you with the questions and the options, and then uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Let me just, uh, fans who back shortly, I'm just going to get the polls. All right, I have the annual PWI readers poll. Now, I I was looking at the top part, the uh, top half of this. I swear, I could have sworn, sworn this was created in my, with AEW fans in mind. Are you ready? Hmm. Okay. So my first question, who is pound for pound the best wrestler in the world? AJ Styles, Kazushika Okada, and Brian Danielson are your three picks. I would, I would say, uh, I would say AJ Styles. AJ Styles won 11% of the votes. Oh my god. So yeah, he is the... So he gets uh, that one. Um, The next one, if you could watch the matches of only one wrestler, whom would you choose? Your options are AJ Styles, John Moxley, Brian Danielson. By the way, sorry, Brian Danielson got 8% and uh, Kasuchiko Okada got 9% on the first one. So again, AJ Styles, Brian Danielson, John Moxley are your sec are your choices. Um, so, I, AJ Styles again. 
AJ Styles got 8%, John Moxley 7 and Brian Danielson got 4 Okay. Who is pro wrestling's greatest striker slash brawler? John Moxley, Brock Lesnar, or Oscar? Brock Lesnar. Mm, John Moxley got fourteen. Brock got seven, and Oscar got five. What? Well, what? Well, if you're if you're talking about if you're talking about currently, then that's an argument. But if you're talking about you know in history, well, no, this Brock, is a twenty twenty two. Oh, okay. Well, twenty twenty two. Okay, um, I can understand why 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 John John Moxley got it. And I'm so. told we're going into commercial, so we'll be back shortly. All right, the next one is who is pro wrestling's greatest aerialist? Ray Phoenix, Ricochet, Ray Mysterio, Dante Martin. Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix got 30% of the votes. Ricochet got 22. Ray Mysterio got 6. And Dante Martin got 6. I can't believe I can't believe in, in 2022 uh, that Ray Mysterio is still in consideration. I mean, that that tells you how great he actually is. Now, next one. Who is pro wrestling's greatest powerhouse? Brock Lesnar Wardlow, Roman Reigns, and Keith Lee are your options. Um, in twenty twenty two, it's um, I would I would have to, I would still have to say Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar got sixteen percent. Wardlow twelve. Roman Reigns nine, and Keith Lee got eight. Okay. Okay, so next one. Who is pro wrestling's greatest technician? You have Brian Danielson, Zach Sabre Jr., and Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson got 55%, Zach Sabre 12, and Jonathan Gresham 5. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised by those results. Who is pro wrestling's greatest babyface? Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, John Cena, Adam Page. Um, I'm I'm sorry. What are the choices again? Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, John Cena, Adam Page. In 2022, it's Cody Rhodes, absolutely. Is Cody Rhodes with 25%? CM Punk in second with 15, and John Cena, Adam Page are tied at with seven. Okay. Who is pro wrestling's greatest heel? MGF or Roman Reigns? Um, MJF. MJF wins with 48%. Roman Reigns got 18. Absolutely. Okay. Who is the next breakout star of WWE, regardless of brand affiliation? Okay. And your choices, Braun Breaker or Theory? Um, it, it's gonna it, it's it, it's gonna be theory. Uh, actually, Braun Breaker won with twenty nine percent. Well, I I think I think theory is coming first before Braun Breaker, but yeah, both of them definitely have the potential to be absolutely. 
Who is the next breakout star of AEW? Wardlow, Dante Martin, or Hook? Um, Wardlow. Wardlow got to 21%. Dante Martin and Hook got both got nine. Uh, next breakout star of Impact Wrestling, you have Ace Austin, Mike Bailey, and Jordan Grace. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I can't offer uh, an answer because I don't watch Impact enough to know. All right, so I'll, I'll just tell you that it was Ace Austin getting 13%, Mike Bailey got 12 and Jordan Grace got 8 I know all three, but I know Ace Austin is one I know really well from MLW. Okay. All right. Who is the next breakout star of New Japan? Uh, Shota Yumino got got the votes with 12%, and then you had Juice Robinson with 9 and Jay White and Clark Connors with 7 Oh, All I know is Juice Robinson is the, is the breakout star because he's married to Tony Storm. <laughs> hey, who is the uh, next breakout star of the American Independence? Who said Trish Adora uh, with uh, Nick Wayne and McPherson and Effie? Or, oh my God! The other choices I know. Effie. Fuck <laughs> off. Okay. okay, this is where you're gonna lose. You might you might lose your shit. I don't know. <laughs> On a weekly basis. How much pro wrestling do you typically watch? So your choices are four to six hours, seven to ten, one to three, or more than fifteen hours. Um. Well, let's see. Um. Well, Monday three hours, unfortunately. Wednesday two, and Friday two, so seven. Okay. So you watch so Okay. Uh. The four to six hours won with twenty eight percent. Yeah. Oh, and and then and then plus any like pay per views for this show. So pro probably like ten. All right. Okay. Here we go. Which of the following weekly programs do you typically do you typically watch? Dynamite, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, Impact, and Dark are your choices. Well, my my favorite my favorite one to watch is uh, Dynamite. Dynamite one with eighty percent. Well, no surprise there. On a weekly basis, which promotion offers the best in ring action slash match quality? AEW, New Japan, WWE, or Impact? AEW. With sixty percent of the votes. Yeah. On a weekly basis, which promotion do you think offers the best storyline? AEW, WWE, and Impact. AEW. And they won with 56%. Yeah. Did you see a pattern here? Yeah. Next, uh, which of the following streaming service do you subscribe to? Oh, they have like Peacock, New Japan World, NBA Power, IWTV, or Impact Plus. Uh, Peacock yeah, for six, WWE. 68% uh, went with Peacock. In general, do you watch your favorite wrestling program? Is live or after the fact? Well, live. 
Actually, yeah, 53%. Uh, the, there's live later and a mix of the two, a mix of the two, one with 53%. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, how much do you think? Oh, so, Ben, I have a question. Do you think there's too much televised wrestling to keep up with in a given week? Yes. What's your choice? No, I can't get enough. Yes, I'm overwhelmed or not interested. I'm a little bit overwhelmed, especially especially sometimes when we have to do this show and I review it so much, it, it can get a little bit overpowering. That's that's why we only do, um, you know, WWE and AEW, and even within that, we have to like, you know, balance it out a little bit. That's yep. why we took that's why we took Rampage out. Yep. Uh, <laughs> That's that's why we don't. <laughs> that's why unless it's like part of dynamite or something, by and large we don't cover the, the specials. Um, even though I made a liar out of us today because we covered uh, battle of belts. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in general, you have to be uh, somewhat picky. Otherwise, you'll you'll just be watching wrestling for your entire week. Right. Like. And then they saw actually a fifty-eight percent went with no, I can't get enough. Well, you know, I'd I'd be, I'd be interested to hear like you know, um, what the age demographic is in terms of like who's voting in these polls. Like, and I can't okay, <laughs> like I'm not gonna go through all all these. Like, I'm just gonna start picking out the ones like. Like uh, this one, which current wrestler would you most like to see in AEW? Um, uh, actually, uh, none of these won. AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Sasha Banks got 11% and 10%, while others got 69%. Yeah, I, I would go with others, although that's a very general response. Right, and the opposite here is with... Uh, who would you like seeing WWE? MJF, MJF got 42%. Well, others got 46, so. Yeah. I'm not gonna go through all of these, but like these, this poll, these polls, like I'm gonna read this off here on my own. Yeah. That's pretty much, um, yeah. I can't wait to get into the PWA awards. That should be interesting. When we cool. get to the awards. Cool. Yeah, that part I'm, I'm looking forward to. So, um, fans will be back uh, to wrap this up with wrestling roulette. Cool. Unless there's anything else. Oh, there is. So before, uh, before we do that, uh, Ben, I got the question of the week for you that uh, we posted yesterday. Okay. Shoot. First of all, did you, uh, did you see uh, Dominic Dijkovic's um, tweet? Yes, I did. I, ho- I hope that happens. Yes, so do I. Now T-bar, T-bar needs to die. <laughs> right? Now, the question we have with uh, Triple H uh, in charge and calling up all these uh, towns that got released, who do you see him bringing back next? Because um, the poster I made, I have Bray Wyatt, Alexander Wolf, EC3, um, Killing Dane, Johnny Gargano, Nia Jackson, Braun Strowman. 
Well, Johnny Gargano's got to be next. Okay. So that's uh, that. That's uh, your your pick is Johnny Gargano. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And I got like four Rey Mysterio questions here. If you want me to, if you want me to go through them real quick. Okay. Cool. Go ahead. Question number one: Who did Rey Mysterio beat in 2011 to win the WWE title? Miz, Batista, John Cena, Triple H. John Cena. The Miz. Oh shit. Which WrestleMania did Rey Mysterio first debut at? Was it 18, 19, 20, or 21? Uh, 19. 19. It was, it was against uh, Matt Hardy. What number did Rey enter the 2006 Royal Rumble match? 2, 12, 22, 30. 2. 2. And who did he beat in his WWE debut? Chavo, Eddie, Edge, or Lance Storm? Uh, Chavo. Chavo. Yeah, I only got one wrong out of that. All right, so we'll be back with our resume. I'm just going to get my playlist here. All right, we got wrestling roulette. I play 10 seconds of 21 clips, and my co-host has to guess which wrestling that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes. I have no idea. That is Ivory. Oh, right. my, mind blown. All right, so Owen won. All right, here we go, next one. Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't really hear that with the background noise. I, I don't remember Ray ever using that, but uh, Ray Mysterio. No, that was Dominic Mysterio. Oh, okay. All right, next one up. <laughs> Repo man. Come on, how do you not like that? Come on. <laughs> One and two. Okay, here we go. Uh I really don't know. That is the full blooded Italians. Oh god. All right, one and three. Here we go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the great Kelly. I'm so glad we don't have to end it, the show with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bad enough if we, had, if we would have had to end it with Ass Man. Exactly.
Tied three and three. So cool. you track number seven. Uh, I have not a clue. That is and Jensen. I mean, uh, Brooks and um, Jensen and Briggs. Yeah, I don't watch NXT, so I wouldn't know. Three and four. clue that is hawkins and Ryder. oh god the major players huh all right next up maurice maurice so we have four and four you're tied up again okay Sure. That is Molly Holly. Oh, okay. So you are four and five. Cool. All right, you ready for the next one? Here we go. Ah. (laughs) Four four and five. Here we go. Okay. The Godfather? No, no. Okay. Brown. Oh, 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 yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. Four and six. Friend of the show. <laughs> there you go. I think I heard a woo in there, but I, I never heard Rick Flair use that. 
That is Billy Gunn and the Honky Tonk Man. Oh my goodness, that's bad. <laughs> Form seven. So here's uh, track twelve. You ready? Yep. Elio's favorite song ever, Kelly Kelly. <laughs> Five and seven and three mistaken, sir. <laughs> um, Layla? No. Okay, who was it? That is Tiffany. Okay, yeah. All right, so five and eight. Here we go, track 14. Ready? Yeah. Uh, I don't have the slightest clue. It's Cameron Grimes. Oh, I usually get Cameron Grimes. What the hell? <laughs> okay, it's okay. Five, five and nine. Here we go, check fifteen. These, tr- these tracks are weird today. How am I supposed to pick that up? I have not a clue. <laughs> today is a weird day. All right, that is Jeff Hardy. <laughs> What, wait a minute, what version was that? Uh, that was uh, his own band. It's called Obsolete. <coughs> okay, I must be allergic to that bullshit. <coughs> <laughs> you don't like it? <coughs> oh. <coughs> apparently, apparently, Michael Holmes doesn't like the song. No, no, no. All right, so uh, six and nine. So here we go. Okay. No, I think it was five and ten. No, six and. Okay. No, six and nine, fifteen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Um, track number sixteen. Here we go. Ted DiBiase Jr. Seven and nine, but these teams are weird today. I don't know. All right, next. Seven and nine, the game, yo. Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker. Eight and nine. We're going to track 18. You ready? Yep. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, nine and nine. We'll track nineteen. You ready? Yep. What? 
Okay, I'll just say Jinder Mahal. I don't know. Jinder Mahal, 10-9. Okay. Very good. That's uh, the Maharaja. Okay. All right, here we go. 10-9, uh, here we go with Drive 20. Sure. That is Bobby Lashley. Oh shit! That's in his old one. Okay. Hell will, hell will be calling your name. Okay. So ten and ten. This is it, Ben? Okay. Okay. Twenty-one. You ready? Yep. You want to guess? <laughs> I would. I would have. I would have gotten that anyway. As soon as you hear that voice, it's Queen Selena. But I'm saying that's why I said you want to guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Eleven and ten. Very good. Man, a lot of weird tracks today. Yeah, but I I had a comeback because I was I was like five and eight at one point. Uh, just for fun, let's see what the next track would have been. That sounded like Darby Allen. That is Darby Allen. Cool. <coughs> All right. So that brings so me 12 and 10. No, uh, that one. Uh, when I count that, you can count that. I, mean, I, yes. just, I just did that for fun. 12 and 10 with a bonus track. All right. I mean, if you want to count the bonus track, so we can start doing that. Sure. All right, well, yeah, we can, we can, we can start counting the bonus tracks. All right, so Ben, we should be sure you're close. Absolutely. All right, so fans, that's it. Another edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Um, I, I want to thank my ring crew and all the <laughs> fans in the background for all that lovely noise that they were making. <laughs> um, yes. My co-host uh, for being here uh, for this special matinee edition of the show. And... Uh, We'll talk to you all uh, next week. So Ben, say goodnight to the fans. We'll see. We'll see you next Saturday. Hopefully, it'll be a less noisy matinee edition. I thought people weren't allowed to talk in the movies. Uh, so did I. They are the uns- they are the unshushables. Shush. <laughs> Shush, please. Thank you. We are the movie. Goddamn it! We are the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And remember, folks. If you can't find us, you're lying, because we're everywhere. And with that, we'll see you next week. Welcome to the greatest-